Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. I hope you all are doing well. As I'm recording this, it is Tuesday, but as I'm releasing this or when this will be released is Thursday, which I consider to be the best day of the week. I posted about this last week on my Instagram story and got a very wide variety of responses to my declaration that Thursday is the best day of the week, but I fully stand by it. I do believe that the weekend is great in theory, but something about the weekend arriving, it almost makes me feel sad that it's here because I don't feel like it's going to last very long. Like I know it's going to be fleeting. It's almost like I've already seen it slip through my fingers. Like I'm just one step too far out and I see it gone before it's even happened. And so Thursday, you're in a comfortable spot where you can see the weekend ahead and you know it's still there. It's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but you're excited about it. And then when the weekend comes, you're like, oh, it's Saturday afternoon. And then tomorrow it's going to be Sunday afternoon and then Monday. And you're just like scared of Monday. Though I do think the worst day of the week is actually Tuesday because I think Monday kind of gets that reputation of being the worst day of the week. So everyone's prepared for Monday. And if someone's having, you know, a slow response time on email or kind of just in a bad mood in the office on Monday, everyone kind of understands. But if you're in a bad mood on Tuesday or just like really having a hard go on Tuesday, it's less understandable because it's not Monday. You know, so I think Tuesday's the worst day of the week. Thursday is the best day of the week. So happy Thursday, everybody, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it drops. As this is being released, I'm actually going to be I'll still be here, actually, to be fair, because I think we do post these episodes rather early in the morning. But pretty soon, I'll be going to the airport and heading to Nantucket, which I'm very excited about. I have been dying to go to Nantucket for years now, but I just really have not found anyone that's available to go with me for more than just like two days. I wanted to go for like a solid four or I guess three and a half. Like I just wanted to, you know, get a little bit more than just the Saturday, Sunday experience. And so luckily a few of my friends have signed on to go to Nantucket. We have a full itinerary booked. I said last week that I was really inspired by this book that I read called Hotel Nantucket. And we actually, the I guess general manager or someone that works at this hotel that we're staying at said that the author, Elin, Ellen, however you say her name, Hildebrand, the author of the book that I'm just obsessed with, was actually there last week. So I feel extremely special knowing that we chose a hotel where she has been because that means it's good. So I'm very excited. I'm bursting at the seams. I really didn't get any like crazy new outfits for this trip. I really want it to be kind of like a relaxing, fun, just like really leaning into the culture of Nantucket and seeing what it's all about because I've just heard so many things. So I'm going to really experience the foods, the bookstores, the culture, like the old historic parts of it. I really want to see it all. You guys know how much I love history. So I'm very excited to experience Nantucket. I will give you guys the full lowdown when I return about what it was and what I've gleaned from my Nantucket experience. But thank you all to everybody who has been sending me recommendations. I've gotten so many DMs about where I should go and what I should eat and all these things. So I really, really appreciate that. And yeah, that is uh, what I'll be up to. But in the meantime, guys, we have an episode. We have a lot to say today, or I have a lot to say. I have an extremely relatable topic to discuss today, which is friendships. You know, I talk a lot about romantic relationships, but not a ton about the platonic friendships of it all. Friendships are very important, and friendship breakups 
hurt more than some other romantic breakups that I've experienced. Like when I view them in my memory, it was a big moment for me where I went through a friendship breakup or a friendship just changed. It changed shape, okay? It was one thing and then it grew to be something different because that person or myself even went through something that changed us, which changed the friendship. So just the ways that friendships ebb and flow, the way that they end, Things like that. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about adult friendships specifically because I've heard it said that the friendships that you make in your 20s are some of the most interesting friendships because you're at different phases of life. Like in early 20s, you're still in college, a lot of us, or in that college mindset, that younger mindset where you're just becoming able to drink legally in the US. And then at the end of your 20s, you're gearing up for your 30s, you might be getting into a marriage or a long-term relationship or having kids or maybe none of the above, but you feel like you should be doing those things. So you're a completely different person at 20 than you are at 29, I think. I really do think a lot of change happens in your 20s. So talking about navigating friendships in your 20s, talking about the sadness that one feels, the grief of a friendship breakup or the way that a friendship has changed, because it might not have resulted in a breakup or something like an explosive moment that really ended things, but it could have just been one of these kind of slow fade sort of things where you're just not the same as you used to be. You might like say hi to each other in passing, but you're not going to have tearful conversations or really deep conversations or really spend a lot of time with this person And it could be your doing or their doing or a combination of the both. So we're going to talk about that today. I am also going to reference this amazing podcast that I'm obsessed with that did a really amazing job unpacking sex in the city and those friendships and how those friendships changed throughout the series. So I'm going to reference that later on. And I think I just owe you guys a little bit of a recap on the season two date that I was discussing last week. The second chance guy. Did I give him a second chance? What ended up happening with that? I'm going to tell you guys all right here today on this episode of Thick and Thin. So thank you guys for listening. Let's get into it. Let's just rip off the band-aid, shall we? Okay. So for those of you who did not tune in last week or need a little refresher on what I'm talking about with this guy, the season two date guy, the second chance guy. Okay. So to keep it short and sweet, we went on two dates last year. The first date was amazing, really great, hit it off. He took me to an amazing spot. We just really connected and I just really thought it was going to go somewhere. I really thought this guy could be my person. Okay. We just really clicked in that way. Second date, we go to a very similar like dive bar environment, which I love, love a dive bar. And he could not be less interested in speaking with me. Like he just was looking everywhere except for at my face and in my eyes. He was looking at every TV in the place, just really distracted. I texted him about it afterwards. He said a lot was going on with work, etc. Things fizzled out. I was really like taken aback by it and kind of hurt by it. And I didn't completely write him off, but I thought to myself, if he wanted to, he would, reminded myself of my worth and stepped away. Then he kept kind of popping back into my life very randomly, ran into him at a bar in New Jersey of all places. He kept popping back in, matched with me on a dating app just last week and invited me on a date. And that was where we were last episode. So I was gearing up to go on this date when we were talking last week, and the day rolled around that we were supposed to have this date. 
like we didn't have like a concrete plan. He said he was going to text me the next morning and let me know the deal, which I already kind of see as like a little bit of a red flag. I'm trying to be kind of given the benefit of the doubt at that point and be like, oh, he's probably going to come up with like an amazing plan, a time, a place, et cetera. The morning passes and nothing comes to me. So I've already kind of decided that this isn't happening. And I just kind of am setting myself up because if there's no planning involved, like it clearly shows that he's just like not invested or as considerate as I wanted him to be, you know, because prior last year, he was very good at planning the date and like letting me know a day in advance or two days in advance. And there's all these rules people will say out there, of like how much time, whatever. I wasn't going to write it off, but the day goes on and I hear absolutely nothing from him. So then I decided, you know what, it's probably for the best that this isn't happening. And I, you know what? I kept my heart open. I tried. I was trying to be optimistic here. It didn't work. Whatever. Totally fine. Then the weekend rolls around. And of course, I get a text from him on Sunday afternoon, which if you guys remember, that was when he had texted me the previous time. You know, and Sunday afternoons are interesting because especially if you've gone out, you're having that anxiety of I'm lonely. I feel like my biggest dating app activity is definitely on Sundays when people are just like lonely and hungover and spiraling. So of course, cue the text from him saying, hey, what are you doing later? And it's interesting because if you look just above that text, it had been us talking about getting together and him saying, like, I'll let you know, whatever. So of course, I didn't respond to that. I'm officially done. And a lot of you guys actually DM'd me and let me know that you think it's a bad idea. And you know what? You guys were right. But you know what? I'm just glad that I didn't end up seeing him on Wednesday because clearly, even if he wanted to see me and try to sleep with me or something, like it wouldn't have gone anywhere. I'm glad that I at least kept my heart open because that is something that I will continue to do. It's, it takes a lot of courage to keep your heart open after being disappointed time and time again. So I will give myself that. But anyway, yeah, just to let you guys know the status of that. There is no status because I am officially done with that guy. He had his second chance. He had his opportunity to be cast in season two and he blew it. (laughs) He blew it. That's the title of the episode. He blew it. Anyway, so that's the update on that. Um, I am talking to this other person who I'm not going to disclose much about because I do want to just see where it goes before I, you know, introduce him as a character. But We'll see. Who knows? I might talk about him on Match Made this week, which episodes from Match Made drop every Friday. We're recording one tonight, actually. So there will be a new one this week as well. If you guys want some more tea on Friday morning, new episode of that. But anyway, let's shift gears now that I've given that update and talk about friendships. It is a very unique feeling that you experience or sensation that you experience when you realize or begin to realize that a friendship is shifting. The dynamic is changing, especially when the shifts are due to just simply our priorities change as we get older. You know, it can be this like really sad realization or just kind of an epiphany moment that maybe things just, this person isn't going to be in your wedding. This person isn't going to be that friend to you that they've been in the past and things are changing. Change is a very scary thing. The relationships that we have with our friends, it's really interesting and very multi-layered. I've just been really doing a lot of thinking about this. I was sitting in a cafe yesterday just writing down all of my thoughts on friendships and how they differ from our family relationships and our romantic relationships. There really is so much to say about friendships, especially the adult kind. And I plan on, with this chat that we're about to have, cracking into the way that our relationships, the relationships we have with our friends – evolve 
as we grow and change. And even if they aren't finished, even if there's no breakup, they might be less of a focal point, if that makes sense. Like they aren't what they used to be. They don't even, or maybe they resemble what they used to be, but they're just different. And it's one of those things where a lot of times we can't help it. Like it's just something that happens and how to deal with the grief that that brings on sometimes when you feel someone just getting further from you. And even if you try on both ends, if you and the other person try to keep the friendship alive, how it's still just going to look different. Friendships are unique because unlike family relationships, we choose to step into them, right? There's something that we actively make a choice to be a part of. And the other night, Colby and I, we were actually laying on my couch, eating Chinese food, watching TV for like, I kid you not, five hours straight, five and a half hours probably, because we watched like, I'm trying to calculate how many episodes of Entourage we watched. And like, that is how long we were laying there. We watched like an entire season of Entourage episodes and they're like 20 minutes each. So we were actually sitting in silence, just eating and watching TV for five and a half hours with like a few quiet little remarks here and there, but mostly just existing, sitting next to each other. She's actually staying with me while she's in between apartments. So I have her presence for like a full week, which I'm very excited about. I love having a roommate for a short period of time because you guys know I'm very, I do like my own space, but I love like Sunday scaries were so much less scary because she was with me. You know, when I got that text from that guy on Sunday, it was nice to have her there. But at one point when we were having this marathon of just sitting and chilling and eating, I leaned over to her and I was like, isn't it crazy that someday, potentially someday very soon, we won't be able to do things like this on a Sunday or it will be a lot harder to, you know, when we have like kids and all that or like other priorities, other people in our lives that might make it difficult for just the two of us to sit on my couch, like lay there uninterrupted for five and a half hours and just eat Chinese food and watch TV. So we were talking about that and just thinking down the road of what our lives are going to look like or how we will never change. Like we will still find a way to do this. And of course, you say the things to reassure yourself that nothing will change because change is scary. But just a few nights prior to this, we were actually at dinner at this amazing place called Bar Primi. If you guys are in the city, Bar Primi, you must go. Amazing Italian food. I love just popping into this place. It is one of those places where some nights of the week you can just pop in and get a table for two and it's not difficult. So Monday night we were getting a bite there and we were talking about our friend group and how different things are now that nearly everyone has a boyfriend and it has changed things. And it hasn't been horrible because obviously we are so happy for our friends that they have found love, but it definitely does put a different sort of pressure on us as the single ones in the group or makes us just feel kind of funny, you know, that like, and it's not entirely pressure that I'm feeling with this because, I mean, obviously there is maybe a tiny tinge of pressure to find someone so we can all go on double dates and triple dates and all that stuff. But it's more so just realizing that during the shuffle of our daily lives and the years that have ticked on and the life that we've lived, like, wow, all of the promotions have happened and the job changes and moving apartments and just all the other events that go on in in lives, a shift has occurred. Like there has been a shift in relationships that we have. And it happens so, I think, gradually sometimes that you don't even realize it's happened until you're staring at it in the face that there is a shift. There's a gap. Not a gap. I don't know what to call it, but just a change has occurred and you realize it and you're like, whoa, 
And sometimes that realization, like when it hits you, it kind of shifts into something else. It morphs into this phase of mourning and you feel kind of sad. And you go into replaying all of the good times, like a highlight reel, and you start spiraling. And yeah, you can be kind of a little dramatic with it sometimes. Like at least I do. I mean, I think all feeling is valid and I am sensitive. We've talked about this in the past. My relationships are very important to me. So obviously I want to hang on to them. And there's all these reasons for why we feel this way. But I do end up thinking back on, oh my God, it feels like literally just last month, everyone was single and we were all together 24-7. And now my friends can't come to game night because they're on a tropical vacation with their boyfriend and they are never available anymore to hang out and you just like start freaking out and then you start thinking, oh my God, am I being selfish or is it my single showing? Like, you know, in the sense of maybe I just don't understand because I am the single friend. I don't understand what it's like to have a boyfriend in the city and have to balance friendships. So like, I don't know how hard it is. Like you start to feel all of these feelings. And when I said, oh, it feels like just last month, everyone was single. No, it's actually been like three years. (laughs) And no, time just is a, a funny thing. And all of a sudden you're sitting with yourself and you're like, whoa, so much time has passed. And you get afraid of aging and just all of these things start tumbling into view. So we're going to talk about them today. I mean, I'm already kind of talking about it, but we're just going to continue because if you guys are experiencing something like this, I just want you to know that you're not alone in it. It's something that I have been trying to process for a while now and just figure out what I'm feeling and why. Because like I said, it's not one of those things where like I'm not friends with these people anymore. I am friends with them still. We are friends. We do get deep still. We do see each other and really do connect on a deep level and we are friends. And I would call them if something was going wrong or if I was in the hospital or something. But that being said, the friendship does look different. It does. Like it isn't the same, even if it's not necessarily done and burned and ended, it still does look different and how to cope with that even though it feels like you're being dramatic. No, it's you're you're going through a shift in a relationship. If that was in your romantic relationship, you'd be feeling some type of way as well or a family relationship, you would feel that way as well. And so friendships, because they're by choice, that doesn't mean that they are any less impactful on your feelings and on your happiness in some situations. You know, it does really hit you and all feelings are valid. Even if you feel like you're being silly, it is valid. If you have this sadness that you experience when you realize that a friendship is changing and that someone is a little bit more distant than they used to be. Okay. Or I mean, on the flip side, if you are the friend that's in a relationship now and you have a bunch of single friends or friends that you just don't see as much because you are with your significant other a lot of the time, which isn't a bad thing, I will say. It's what you'd expect with a new relationship. Like how the guilt that you might be feeling because you aren't spending as much time with your friends anymore. Like that is also a very valid feeling that we should talk about. So I read this really amazing Atlantic piece that I'm going to have linked in the show notes and talk about a little bit, just talk about like one little part of it. So please read the rest of it. It's very interesting. It's called How Friendships Change in Adulthood by Julie Beck. She wrote about a concept that was very interesting to me that I really had never thought about before. She said, unlike other voluntary bonds like marriage and romantic relationships, friendships lack a formal structure, which I never really thought about. Like a formal structure in the sense of like you would not go months without speaking to or seeing your significant other, hopefully. Like 
I mean, even if you're in a long distance relationship, you're going to speak nearly every single day. You're going to have communication with that person or see each other relatively frequently. You might live with the person, whatever. But you might go that long, like months, without contacting a friend. And yet you can still pick right back up where you left off or you would still consider them a friend, right? Like a friend is a friend in some way, shape or form. It's like, yes, you have a best friend maybe, but a friend is a friend. Like, yes, there's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance and a stranger, but a friend doesn't really have a formal structure in the sense of like how often do you need to see them for them to still be considered a friend, right? And each of us is different. Some people need to see this person every day to consider them a friend or every few days or like every week or speak to them in order for them to be considered their friend. But other people, I mean, and even myself, I feel like there's some people that I would consider a friend of mine that I really have not had an in-person lengthy conversation with for a few months and we're still friends. You know, we'll DM each other, respond to each other's stories, comment on pictures. Like I'm going to a full-on wedding for a person who I've really only seen in person once a year for the past 10 years and I'm going to her wedding and I consider her my friend. You know, there's things like that. And guys, cue the weird Katie analogy that's about to come out of my mouth. I have so many strange analogies you guys know, but I do think of friendship sometimes as plants. Like if many of my personal friendships were plants, they would be, a lot of them would be those lower maintenance plants. You know how they say like a lower maintenance plant, like, oh, can kind of be like in darkness and still survive. You don't really need to water it every single day. You know, if I skip a day to water one of these plants, it's going to be fine. It won't die. Like I do feel like some of my friendships are low maintenance plants. Some of them require more because that's just how the other person is or how I feel about it. Friendships are a very ebbing and flowing sort of thing. And sometimes you do feel like you need to put more into one friendship to keep it going, especially if you live in the same city with that person. Like you do feel like you should see them in order to keep it going. But it's a loose concept. It's There's no formal structure to it. It's looser in terms of like what is required to keep it going. And it's really fully dependent on feeling and on what you feel is required and what the other person feels is required. It's a relationship at the end of the day, you know? There are some couples that I know, some romantic couples I know that don't physically need to see each other every day. They live in the same city. They don't need to live together. They don't need to see each other every day to know that they're in love and that they're doing great. And there's other couples that do need to see each other every single day and have decided that's something that they want. So relationships are different at the end of the day. So are friendships. And you know how people say like, oh, we're the kind of friends who can just go years without seeing each other and pick up right where we left off. I do feel like I have friendships like that, and that's fine. But there are some noticeable people in my life who are no longer present, and I don't think I would consider them a friend anymore because we have not spoken in years, but we would need to in order to stay friends, if that makes sense. Like, I truly don't know a single thing about their lives. They're not big on social media. I really don't know what's going on, and so I don't feel like we are that close anymore, right? So I often look back on how my friendships have shifted over the years. Like people that when I was young, I would ask my mom if I can go out and play with so-and-so. Like when did we stop saying, can we play? And when did we start saying, can we hang out? Like when was the last time I said, hey mom, can I go play with Sophie? And I started saying, hey mom, can I hang out? Hey mom, can I take the car? Hey mom, can I go to the mall? Things like that. And you know, there's other friendships like girls I'd sit with at lunch to my sorority sisters, to people who have also decided to up and move to New York and people I've worked with. And 
and how all of these friendships, all these relationships that I've had through my life, how they can and have and potentially will evolve. Like there are so many possibilities and opportunities for the future. I might have kids who have friends, who have parents that I am instantly in love with and we're besties like from the first time we've met. I could have a new business venture one day and become very, very close friends with the people I work with. I could become thick as thieves with my future neighbors if I like move to the suburbs or like wherever I move to and become besties with the people next door. You know, you never know. There is so much opportunity for positive change in this area. And it isn't a a terribly scary thing for friendships to change because it does open the door to new friendships that could be better than the last. And I'm not saying that I don't have great friendships now personally. I really am obsessed with my friendships right now and I don't really want them to change all that much. But I know that it's inevitable. I know that they will. And I just hope that we are strong enough to get through it and to deal with it and I mean, you see people who are like, we've been friends for 40 years. So it is possible. But I think it is helpful to realize that even if you feel at this given moment in your life that a lot of your friendships have changed and it can be sad and you feel, do I even have any deep friendships left? Do I still have any best friends? Like if you start to spiral and think that way, just know that there is so much possibility for new friends. I think that that does help to think of. Like it's not too late. People say, a lot of the most important relationships you'll ever make are in your 20s. But also, who the heck decided that that was a thing? Who said that? Like, who even said that? I just read it everywhere. And I guess a lot of psychologists will say things like that. But like, who's to say I won't make the best friends of my life in my 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s? You know, the list goes on. The same way that you don't have to meet your significant other, your end-all, be-all, the light of your life in your 20s. Like, time doesn't really matter to be honest. It really doesn't. So don't put so much pressure on yourself and feel this intense mourning like you had your chance and you lost it just because a friend is no longer as close anymore to you. And it's also a two-way street, which I'll get into. I have this like whole thought on the two-way street of it all. But let's talk about this. What separates a friend from a stranger? I read this one amazing sentiment once that said, what separates a friend from a stranger is a story. And, you know, I mean, a story can bring two people together. Like, and a story could be really just anything, like an event or a similarity or something that that does kind of bring you together. If you are on the street and you bump into someone who's wearing the same shirt as you or something, you can be instant friends. Or you go to a party, you are bonding over how horrible a drink tastes or something, you can become a friend. Like, that is what I'm kind of leaning into with a story. And the same way goes for kind of reviving a friendship that might be shifting or changing. You lean into the stories that you have and that can either help to save the friendship. Like, you know, if there's something that you two used to do back in the day, that was the most fun thing ever and you guys really bonded over it, maybe revisiting that or trying to find a way to integrate that into your new life, like the way things have changed, can bring you guys back from being strangers that you you might feel like you are right now to friends again. And, you know, it's not the simplest thing ever, but I find in my personal friendships, like when my friends and I come together, even if I feel like there has been a shift in the sense of I don't see them as much as I used to because they are splitting their time with their significant other or they don't live here anymore. Like there's a lot of reasons why a friendship can shift as I've covered, us getting back together and remembering our sorority days and remembering stories that we share, it does strengthen us again. 
even if it can be sad to realize that those days are gone now, it does kind of put you back where you were in a way. So that is one little like tidbit of advice I would give or like something that I've personally done and how I've kind of tried to cope with it. But I also just am staying hopeful that friendships change and it's okay. And it doesn't mean, you know, like I said with the plants analogy, it's like it doesn't mean that you guys aren't friends anymore. Things are just different, but you still feel sadness. And a lot of it can be just not even about the friendship, but more so about the fact that you're getting older. And getting older has always been my biggest fear, not necessarily in terms of how I look, like the gray hair of it all, but just kind of the just the fact that I don't have my childlike innocence anymore or it's getting further away from me. And it's kind of scary to realize how hard the world gets when you are an adult. And of course, you can find ways to infuse lighter bits back in and realize that it isn't all as serious as it seems. But it's harder to do it when you're older. It is. But bottom line, it can be hard to cope with that strange pang of sadness that you feel when you realize that you're just drifting a bit too far away from the other person in a friendship. Like it was fine for a bit, you were drifting, but now you are out to sea without a life jacket, just floundering in the middle of the ocean and you don't see them anywhere in sight. Or maybe it's you and you're the one who forgot to water the plants in the friendship and forgot to check in or just haven't been able to or been preoccupied. And then you feel kind of guilty. Like there's a sadness, there's a guilt, there's this weird feeling of mourning that you feel when you think back on the good days and you think back on what you guys used to be. And it is, friendships, I feel like we don't give it enough thought. We don't talk enough about the sadness that you can experience with a friendship breakup or just the slow fade of a friendship. Earlier, I talked about this podcast that I'm obsessed with called Sentimental Garbage. I don't think I actually said it by name earlier, but it's called Sentimental Garbage. And there's this one sub-series in the podcast called Sentimental in the City where Dolly Alderton and Caroline Donahue or O'Donohue, I think it is. Um, I follow them on Instagram. I like know their Instagram handles, but they basically unpack every season of Sex and the City in like a two-hour-ish episode where they just like talk about their thoughts on it. And you'd think that sounds kind of boring, but the way that they talk and the things, I just, I'm obsessed with it. I don't know why I'm just into it. And in one of the episodes, they were kind of just talking through season three, which is a really interesting season of Sex and the City, if you guys watched a lot happened, a lot of friendship dynamics changed. And once they got to a certain part, I actually whipped out my phone and recorded what they were talking about because it was the most hard-hitting, very spot-on conversation that I want to talk a little bit about. So they were talking about season three, specifically the episode where they go to Atlantic City. If you guys haven't seen the show, little synopsis, it's about four friends, Samantha, Carrie, Charlotte and Miranda. I don't know why that was hard for me to think of. Four friends and the way that they tackle romance and having sex like men and just like that's the whole show, right? And there's good things about it. There's bad things about it. There's problematic things, whatever. So the whole podcast that these women are doing talking about the series, they they delve into like the problematic elements and just like the real truth and how it relates to today, like how we take this into today. So in the episode, they're in Atlantic City for – Charlotte's birthday. And Charlotte is going through it at this point, not feeling confident. She's having this big birthday. She's scared of getting older, things like that. She's scared of being single. Um, And then Samantha's dealing with a particularly dicey situation with this guy, Richard, that she's dating who she doesn't trust. Like she thinks he's sleeping around and she's skeptical. Carrie is like us during this episode of Thick and Thin, feeling like her friends are kind of drifting apart because of the different life experiences. Miranda just had a baby. She's leaving the baby for like the first time. And is feeling the stress of that, like having a literal child in her life and not being 
married to the father, things like that. So that's like where the women are at this point. They're in Atlantic City celebrating. And so the two women, Dolly and Caroline, they're debunking this in the podcast or just kind of breaking it down. And they said something really, really interesting. They said, I actually got an app to transcribe it for me because it's like a 19 second clip, but I couldn't put it in the episode because I feel like that's copyright infringement. So this is what they said. I'm going to quote it. I'm going to link the uh, actual podcast episode. But she says, it's so difficult when single friends are on different planes with that stuff, like with life. I've been there so many times. I've been the Carrie. I've also been the Charlotte. And it's very, very difficult to mesh when you're out having experiences together. If one of you is convinced that it's not even worth venturing into the mess of romance and marriage, and the other one is still really looking for that, it can cause a lot of tension. And Caroline says, or the other woman, I don't remember who started out, but the other woman says, that's so interesting. I've never even thought of that before because, as you know, I've been married for 100 years, and I just sort of assume that when single girls are out together, they have the same vibe kind of. I just realized how stupid that is. Yeah, it can cause issues. And as you said, the thing is everyone is right. Everyone is right because that is just how they feel. Like some people are at the point where they want to embark on a relationship. Some people don't want to. Some people are in their single phase. Some people are fully engaged and married or fully like strapped down. And even if they're not married, like they're in a relationship everyone's in a different place. Everyone's dealing with that. I think from this, this is me speaking now, not them, (laughs) by the way. Um, From this, what I've kind of gleaned is that I think it's something that we know but don't know in the sense of like when you're aging, when you're growing up alongside your friends, you maybe when you're younger assume that everyone's going to kind of go through the same things at the same times and experience the same feelings or like the same priorities maybe, kind of at least generally around the same time as one another. And deal with it in the same way, right? So like we're all going to start to get in relationships around the same time and it just will happily mesh into our lives. And that's just not how it always works. And sometimes people can feel left out and sometimes friendships can change in that way. And sometimes people are together with someone and are dating and you feel distant from them and then they break up and then they're back in your life so quickly and so fired up to go out on the town and be single and you're just not feeling that way at all. You don't want to go out on the town and mingle with guys because you've been doing that for years without luck and you're feeling discouraged and you're kind of over it. So like people are constantly like not on the same plane yet are friends. And so how do you deal with being in different places than your friends and having different priorities? And back to what they were saying in the podcast, they said, the thing is everyone is right. But the problem is you can't go vibe and be a single girl and collect those experiences all on your own. So you do kind of have to have someone doing it with you. You do have to be out with people that might not be on the same page as you in terms of what they're looking for. Like I go out with my friends who are in relationships and I want to go and chat up with some guys and my friends don't want to do that because they are dating someone and they don't want to give someone the wrong idea. So it is one of those things where it can be frustrating, but it is just that's just how it is. That's life. Like my friends are at least still out with me, still having fun with me, still accompanying me on these adventures, even though they are spoken for if that makes sense. So I think just that whole, just being on the different page, but still on the same page. Like you are, you you have different maybe priorities at the moment, but you're still trying desperately to stay together. And that is something that people don't talk about, I don't think, about how it can be really challenging and you do feel guilt sometimes, especially when you are the one who is spoken for maybe and feeling like you don't want to be going out in the town with your single friends all the time, living it up, but just like, getting to the point where you don't feel like that's a priority for you anymore. 
And it's not a bad thing necessarily. It's not like you're being a bad friend if you don't always want to go out on the town with your single friends. Like it's not. But I, I do think it is important to those single friends that you are there. Like coming from the position of someone who's single, like when my friends who are in relationships come out with me, maybe not every single time and obviously take time with their significant other and do things with other couple friends. But being there sometimes and giving a bit of an illusion, maybe not an illusion, but like I see in the moment of being with this person. And when I say out, I mean just like leaving the house really, like not even just like in a nightclub or something, but just being out on the town, giving, reminding me of the friendship that we have and that they are still here, even if sometimes it doesn't feel like they are here all the same way that they used to be. Just reminding myself that even if someone is in a different point, but they still put an effort and I'm putting an effort to keep the friendship alive, it's going to be okay. Like just because this person is in a different phase of life or has this other person in their life that I'm making room for, it doesn't mean that we're toast, we're done, or I have to wait until I get in a relationship and then we'll be friends again. If the friendship is good in its intentions and its nature and how it is, it should not change everything. Obviously, some things will change, like the amount of time you spend together, maybe, but the real meat of the friendship will still be preserved if it's a good friendship. Like, is it really that hard to be a good friend? I don't think it is really that hard to be a good friend. Yes, there's moments where you might be like, bummer, like, I really dropped the ball there. I'm missing this person's birthday dinner. Like, darn, that kind of sucks. I'm not doing great as a friend in this given moment, but you find a way to make it up to them and you have really deep conversations about it. Like, I think it is time that my friends and I maybe do have a conversation, not like anything dramatic and crazy, but just like a little convo about how, wow, you know, we aren't where we used to be. Like, one of our friends just got engaged and we're going to be going to this wedding and a few of us are still single. That's okay. But we're all still a crew and we're all still friends. And maybe we actually kind of have had this conversation without having the conversation because we have mentioned how It's been a while since all of us have been together together. Like there's always like one person that's gone or one person, you know, or like two people that are gone. So we've decided to start doing this thing where we choose a different restaurant every two weeks. Someone, a different person gets to choose and we'll all go together and just like get dinner together. And, you know, if that's something that you don't feel like you can do, you can even just choose someone's apartment to have like a game night at every couple of weeks. And it's about putting in the effort. And if the effort is reciprocated, that's a friendship. If it's you constantly reaching out and they're not doing a thing about it, it's really not your fault. But yeah, the friendship is burning out and it's sad. And you are allowed to mourn that. You are allowed to feel sadness, but it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of maybe the other person, but also just a sign of the times. Things are changing and you can't keep every single plant alive, okay? Some plants are just going to die and it sucks and you're allowed to feel that way. Like I said, you're allowed to feel the morning, but just know that it isn't your fault. It isn't your fault, okay? Or if it is your fault, own up to it, right? But if all signs are pointing to it's not your fault, it's likely not your fault, you know? Like that's how I see it. But kind of going back to that episode that I just kind of you know, talked about for like a brief moment. I did think like it was very interesting when they were talking about how single friends even can all be on different pages, like cutting out the people in relationships part of it. Like I have friends that are single like me who have different priorities than me right now. 
And it's not like a significant other taking them away. It might be work that's pulling them away from me or a location that they want to live in, like a desire to be somewhere else besides the city. And like there's different elements and things that will pull people away from you. But if it's a good friendship, like I said earlier, you're going to find ways to keep it alive. You are. And if it's really, really hard to do so, I do think that's something to consider and think about. Is it worth the effort that you're putting in that maybe you're not getting reciprocated or it's just so, so, so hard to do this and so painful that it's not worth the energy that you are giving, you know, because friendships are supposed to be things that, yes, challenge you at times, but mostly build you up and mostly make you feel loved and supported. And if you're not feeling that way, majority of the time in your friendships, I don't think that those are good friendships. Obviously, everything is situational, but that's just my two cents on it. So anyway, guys, those are my thoughts on friendships. I think I'm going to do like a follow-up to this with some more kind of like tangible advice, I guess. I'm still kind of navigating it myself, which is why I don't think I gave too, too much like action item advice tips here. And I truly did not share many stories as I typically do, but I really just wanted to talk about this and just maybe at least start to crack the surface of like what happens when friendships change and like why these feelings are very valid, the sadness that we feel, the mourning period. Like it's it's all very valid things that maybe we didn't see coming when we were young or when we embarked on these friendships to begin with. Maybe we didn't see it coming, but it's all a part of our story and just how we evolve and it it can make us better because sometimes you do feel a sigh of relief when a friendship is over, but Oftentimes, at least personally, I felt just like this kind of sadness and guilt. So just knowing that those emotions are normal and you're not crazy at the end of the day. Okay? So that is my episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please, as always, DM me with any thoughts you guys have. I love hearing your perspective and what you think and any stories you have to share. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you all next Thursday on the pod after my Nantucket adventure. I will talk to you guys then. Bye.